Hey there, I'm Matt Tommy, and over the last 10 years, I've helped thousands of Christian artists all over the world start thriving spiritually, artistically, and in the marketplace, while at the same time building my own super successful art business. If you're ready to bust through the roadblocks that have held you back for years, create the work you love, and really live the life you know God created you to live in His kingdom, then you're in the right place, my friend. Now with over a million downloads, you're listening to the Thriving Christian Artist Podcast. Well, hey, friends, so glad that you are with me here again on the Thriving Christian Artist Podcast. I've got a brand new friend of mine, Mary Elizabeth Colesrude, who is an incredible musician and just inspirer of musicians and creatives all over the world. Mary Elizabeth, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Oh, so wonderful to be with you. Absolutely. I, I was just saying we should have been friends before because we've got these incredible mutual friends, Dano, who's been on not just yeah. very recently on the podcast and my friend Roma Waterman. So how do you know such cool people all over the such world? Such great people. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Sounds of the Nations, you know, we're in that network to release the sounds yeah. of the nation. So um, yeah, it's in the prophetic world and <laughs> it's, uh, it. it's good friends. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, listen, I know a lot of my listeners, some will know who you are, some may not. So for those who are kind of just getting to know you, who are you in the world? Where are you? What are you doing? That sort of thing. And then we'll jump into a little bit of your your story. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, I am a mother. I am a wife. I have two little children. Um, I came originally from, I grew up in Iowa, so I'm American and I live in Norway and uh, I like to call myself, use the term musicianary. It's been more commonly used these days. Yeah. Um, but to some people, it might be new. Um, but I came to Norway as a missionary and using music and worship as a tool to reach the hearts of the people in Europe. Wow. So, yeah. So I, I lead a worship school um, online as well as in, in the city and in, in different places here in Norway. Um, and author and, um, songwriter and creative, you know, love all the creative arts. So sounds like you are living a beautiful life. Yes. And a beautiful country too. <laughs> I mean, Norway is just gorgeous. If you've, have you ever been here? I've never been there, but I was just teaching out at YWAM in Kona and, uh, and the, one of the artists who is leading the school of illustration out there is from Norway. Then my friend Leif Hetland is from Norway. And yeah. I'm just like, oh my gosh, there's so many cool things going on in Norway. I gotta go. So you gotta come out. Yes. I know <laughs> it. I know it. So how did you get from Iowa via was it Texas then or then to Norway? Yes. And all yeah. like how did that happen? My goodness. Uh well, you know, us Americans, we're very proud of our roots, you yes. know, our ancestral roots. Where are you originally from? You yeah, know? Yeah. And uh so I can say my my roots are Scandinavian. Um, and I have my, my grandma's my, in Norway, we have this term, uh, mood, which is like your mother's mother. Okay. So my mother's 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 mother wow. <laughs> came from Norway. <laughs> my goodness. I just did my ancestry.com not long ago. And I have this whole Norway side of things and then Scotland and Ireland and England and by way of Georgia now. So, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. You got some English roots there. <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. It's, it's amazing. So, yeah. it's interesting. I think when you, when you go back and find those roots, and I think you musically even 
there's something mm-hmm. that begins, at least it happened to me, it's something like begins to resonate in you just yes. on a deep level. I mean, what began to happen in, in your heart and how it was, it was that starting to come out in you creatively as well? I mean, is that part of what is, is starting this journey for you? Well, I mean, I, I think I recognized it later um, yeah. in my journey of like, you know, it's just interesting how some ethnic instruments, you know, will resonate with mm. us. Um, and we may not realize it at the time. And then later for me, like, you know, the violin uh, here in Norway, we have the ethnic instrument called the Hardanger fiddle. And um, it's a, yeah, a fiddle, a violin yeah. type instrument. And, um, you know, when I hear the strings, any string instrument, it just, you know, there's just something that resonates really deep inside of me and mm. just brings out just a deep place of worship. Yeah. And so that's, that's really cool. But a part of my journey in uh, coming to Norway. Um, so I've always had, you know, this, this, this place in my heart, uh, wanting to go to Europe and, and be a part of, be a part of, actually, I wanted to be an, a missionary in India, to be honest, that was my yeah. first thing. I'm like, you know, when you're like young and just wanting to give everything to go God, right. I'm like, God, <laughs> I will, I will be a missionary and live in a slum in India for you. I'll give you mm. everything. Yeah. Yeah. But then the Lord started opening my eyes to the needs of, of Europe and um, and it's a completely different type of spiritual needs. Yeah. And um, and then I would just have dreams specifically about different places in Europe, but specifically Norway. Mm. And it was just this um, constant drawing of my heart uh, to my homeland, <laughs> you can yeah. say. Um, but I, uh, I, I went to uh, Texas. And I was a part of uh, starting a worship school. Um, I went to school as well, got my Bachelor of Worship Ministries degree as well online and did a lot of uh, music and worship stuff with uh, Paul Balage. Oh, yeah. Um, and he was a mentor in my life and helped start the worship school there um, with a ministry called Teen Mania at the time. Yeah. And, I, uh, I was yeah. a youth pastor. I mean, I you remember teen- Acquire the Fire, Teen Mania? <laughs> Yes, those days, good days. <laughs> you, you're not going to believe this, but Lindale, Texas. So I know exactly yes, where that. You know where that's at. Okay. Well, here's the deal. We've not even told everybody, but we are moving to Lindale, Texas, from <gasps> Asheville later this year, and we're going to be like eight miles away from the very place you're talking about. So. Oh my goodness! Crazy. You're gonna. <laughs> that is a so, so strange. Oh my goodness! You're gonna love, love it there. Yeah, Such great cool. spiritual roots. I mean, Keith Green yeah. came from that that area also. Um, I mean, so many ministries are around there. Such spiritual heritage yeah. in that area. So yeah. oh, you're gonna love it. So I cool. know. How cool is that? So wow. So you started this, you're part of this this worship school and yeah. all this, and God's burning in you for this. And yeah, and I just wasn't satisfied. You know, I love worship. I love and I love training up worshipers, but mm. you know, there was just this call of to go, you know, there's this mission call. Um, and so I just said, you know, I'm going to create a mission trip. We had different mission trips with the ministry already, but I wanted to do one specifically for the school of worship that I was leading. And so mm. I took some of my students and created, you know, long story of finding contacts and all that. That was a fun journey in and of itself. Um, but I took, you know, around 25 young people with me and we went to Norway and just created a mission trip and, um, we were on a bus with some other intercessors and we would just like pray worship on ferries, ferry crossings over mm, the fjords yeah, yeah. and 
just go out in the streets and just lift up the sound of worship. And, um, you know, when, when Jesus says, um, if I be lifted up, you know, I will draw all men unto myself. You know, I, you know, we know that scripture he's talking about, I was talking about when he's lifted up on the cross, you know, when he's about to die, but, 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 uh, to bring salvation, but in other ways we can know that when we lift him up with our praise, and proclaim the salvation of Christ, what he's done on the cross, that his Holy Spirit will draw all people unto himself. Yeah. You know, when I'm, I'm reading the scripture, I'm like, okay, God, I want to take you at your word. You know, I, I want to do this. And um, so, so we just went out into the streets in different cities in Norway, and um, we would just watch how God would just draw people, um, different, you know, drug addicts, and they would just leave their mm-hmm. drugs on the, on the street beside us and they would ask for prayer or they'd be wondering, curious what's going on here. And, you know, it was just like this dance party in the streets of just us worshiping God yeah, yeah. and us praying for people, people coming to the Lord deliverance. I mean, it was just really it was cool to see how God was working. Um, and uh, so, so we were traveling all in different places in, uh, in Norway. And I will say I have encountered God's presence, probably the strongest here in Norway than any other place on wow, earth. Wow. And it, it was just, yeah. And maybe it was just because God was calling me to this nation, but I would, if you ask any of my team members, I took several trips, you know, with different teams and they all got just such a special baptism, low spirit, touch of God and encounters, visions, dreams. Like I just felt like, okay, there's something over this nation spiritually, yeah. you know? And, um, And uh, so the first time I stepped foot in Norway was actually up in the north, way up in the north of Norway uh, with the northern lights. We, you know, had the beautiful. beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Uh, But I I felt like God was calling me that one day I was going to live here. And so a few few years after that, I I moved and um, started a ministry called Disciples of Worship and um, wanted to plant myself here and stand Mm -hmm. and support the worshipers and what God's doing in this nation. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah, You know, what is it about the power of people resonating with the sound of a land? And, and I'm, I'm trying to use language that maybe people who don't understand what we're talking about will, will begin to understand, but I can remember years and years ago, one of my spiritual papas, Ray Hughes, I mean, just, begin to pour this thing into me about, you know, revival and sound that there's a sound in every nation that's got to begin to come forth. And I I used to travel in Africa and do lead worship conferences and been all over the place, you know, doing those things. There's like, when you, when you begin to connect with the sound of the land, the sound of the people, Mm -hmm. there's a, Mm -hmm. there's a special grace in there that begins to kind of flow out of that, that is attractive to the people of the land that is, I don't know that God moves in an incredible way in that capacity. So it sounds like that's something that, Mm. I mean, I know in the stream that you're moving in, I know that that's a a core value of that. So talk about the power of that. Cause it's not like you're going over there to Norway and you're just like, I'm just going to bring all the American songs and do all the American sounds and all that. There's a, there's a mining of the sound and the heritage and that sort of thing. Isn't there to, to, to respect and to cultivate what's what God's put there. Oh, that's such good question. Oh, I mean, I think um, that that is that is a definite um, temptation. I think as missionaries, when you go into another country, mm. to just use your own sound. Yeah, yeah. But um, the sound of each people. Well, first of all, God values it. 
right? He values each nation. He values the diversity. Otherwise, we would see God unify all of us under one language again, you know, after he divided us after that Tower of Babel uh, situation that happened. You know, we see that in Revelations that um, every nation, every tongue, yeah. every expression, you know, creative expression and, and of our different identity of diversity is, is represented around the throne in worship. And so first finding that, that place of value. So if you're listening to this in, in another country, you know, right now, and, and you, you know, you don't have to sound like the Western sound. You yeah. don't have to sound like the main songs that you hear, you know, right now that are popular, but, yeah. um, God is longing for, for your sound. And, um, you know, I think of that scripture, I don't have it right in front of me actually just, but it came, you know, in Romans where it talks about, and uh, there's a groaning, you yeah. know, of creation for the sons and daughters of God to, to come into their rightful place. Yeah. And I think that is also part of like releasing our sound, releasing our song and creation responds to it when we can um, be authentic in our worship, be authentic in our, in our language, be authentic in, um, yeah, like even um, studying some of these uh, ancient sounds. I have a good friend who plays, you know, he's actually from uh, New Zealand, lives here in Norway, and he plays the Hardanger fiddle. You know, he's oh, also wow. missionary, Ywammer. And he played um he played uh violin and he just picked up the this instrument because he knew this is the instrument that connects with this land. This is what's yeah. special to this land. And um and so um, there's something about using the native instruments, the sounds, the the thing that is as an intercession that's, that unlocks something spiritual, you know, that aligns us uh, uh, with uh, with heaven and with the yeah. land. Yeah, I think so, it's just it's so innate in artists. You know, we I know like for me, for example, you may not know this, like I've woven baskets for for 30 years. So I go in the woods wow. and harvest woven uh, bark and vines and things. And I've made a living doing that for years and years, doing woven sculpture for luxury homes and, and all that sort of thing. But wow. I knew intuitively, not only as a worshiper, but also just as, as an, a visual artist, I knew that when I would enter the forest and when I would do, you know, be in that, that kind of place that all of a sudden there's this resonance that happens in me that, okay, mm-hmm. for whatever reason, I feel closer to God here than I do anybody anywhere else. And I think the challenge for most artists is believing the fact that God's actually on and in <laughs> that that connection yeah. with them, even if it doesn't look like the expression that they think is spiritual enough or churchy enough or, or God enough or, or whatever. And so did you go through that? I mean, and, uh, you know, as you mentor musicians, there is this sort of self-doubt thing that wants to come in. The enemy always wants to lie to us, right, about who we are and mm-hmm. what we're called to do. So how does identity play yeah. into, into that and, and being confident in, in what God's called you to? Absolutely. I mean, and I think um, I think I, the some of the conversations that I've had with some worshipers here in Norway is um, you know, the Norwegian language is, is a hint, um, limited, you know, we don't have as many words as the English. So mm-hmm. it's almost like an excuse of, oh, but I want to sing English songs because there's so many more words and ways yeah. of expressing it. Um, or even kind of looking down on their own language, mm-hmm. you know? And so 
I think it's 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 um, also at that place of of valuing what God's given you and the the language that you carry and finding and understanding that it's actually a treasure. Yeah. Um, at coming here in Norway, I'm like, as I'm, I, you know, I studied the language when I lead worship, I only, I use most songs in Norwegian. There's wow. maybe I'll throw in one English song, but I'm very um, uh, aware and attentive to, because I'm serving the, this culture, you know, it's not about yeah. me, but it's, right. you know, as a missionary and a leader, I'm, I'm serving um, the people and also tapping into my own Norwegian roots and like, coming back to that and, and releasing that. So, um, yeah, I try to encourage people just valuing the valuing the treasure, uh, of, of mm. their culture and language and, um, learning this language. I mean, there's certain expressions, even though it is limited, um, there's certain expressions like the word love, you know, we have one word for love <laughs> and we try to, when we tell, I love you to someone, you know, we have to kind of explain what, what level of love are you talking about? <laughs> Especially like when you start a relationship, you know, and all that, that fun stuff. Like I really um, love you, right? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? But I mean, that here we have different uh, expressions and words that also, you know, um, kind of uh, unfold, mm. you know, that that word um, in, a, in a other levels that the English is limited in, actually. So interesting, interesting. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's good that we recognize and the treasures of, every expression, language, sound of each nation um, and, and use it for God's kingdom. So mm, that's good. You just written a book called Worshippers Rising and uh, talk about that because it sounds like all that you're passionate about is now going way beyond Norway and, and reaching yeah. folks all over the world having to equip <laughs> worshipers in, in what's going on. It's, it's it, actually, that was the reason when I saw your book on Facebook, I was like, this is so interesting because God called me in 2009 to raise up an army of artists to reveal his glory in the earth. So oh that's goodness. been the, wow. the mandate mm-hmm. on my life for years. So anytime I see rising, rising up, or <laughs> rising, whatever, I always yes. want to connect. So what's this, what's this about the, the book? Yes. Is- well, I have it right here, actually. So yeah. Nice. Lovely. Beautiful. Um, Worshippers rising. So I-, I wanted to create a resource for, um, for, for people in this field, not just worship leaders, but, um, worshipers who want to grow deeper and okay. There's tons of books on worship, right. In English. I mean, so you might be like, why are you writing another book on <laughs> worship when we have so many resources? And I had to ask myself that question. What's going to be different with, with my book. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to, um, release a book that ha- is a bit more global perspective. Mm. Um, and not, cause a lot of times when you read books about worship, uh, from maybe the American setting or things that's some people just can't relate to that, mm. like in a village or in a small area mm. or the culture, the wording and things. So I, I tried to be a little bit more sensitive uh, to with a more global perspective. Um, I share a lot of stories about Norway and my travels and different nations. And um, but it is a tool for um, what does it look like? Pra- very practical, very simple of what does it look like to worship in spirit? What does it look like to worship in truth? Um, worship looks like something. And yeah. um, what does it say in the Bible? What are the biblical expressions of that? And we also dive into personalities. Um, and that's something a lot of sometimes we don't touch on, like mm. the diversity of our personalities and um, how do we honor diff- people that are different, that are thinkers, maybe not just, you know, extroverts, not just introverts, you know, like how do we, 
how do we be authentic in our worship and, and true to who we are, but yet, and also give God what he deserves and yeah. worship as well as looking at different cultures, sound, um, and different nations. And so, um, yeah, so the, the subtitle of the book is it's a biblical guide to releasing authentic worship in your nation. Mm. So that is the, the mandate is to help, um, give practical tools to people in whatever nation they're from, um, to release that fragrance of worship and to also raise up other worshipers around them. So there's like cool little um, discussions and um, reflection points to have like in small groups and activations. Um, So yeah, it's a a good resource to um, carry into your churches. So So good. So good. And I just, I want to say to everybody, whether you're a musician or not, this would be a great resource for you as well. And I'll just let you talk more about that because we're all worshipers. You know, we want to cultivate an atmosphere of his presence in our studios, whether we're creating visual art or music or in corporate worship or or whatever it is. So just, I mean, amplify that a little more because it's it's not just for musicians, right? Absolutely. I think um, when we can understand what we're doing as a worshiper um, and we can be united together as his body, I mean, there are places in the spirit that God wants to take us deeper. Mm. Um, the level of, you know, our revelation or the the depth of our re- revelation contributes to how far we can go in our worship mm. And, mm. and how deep we can go in our worship. So the more understanding you have of what you're doing, then the more, you know, you can actually, okay, God, there is, you can be intentional with your worship yeah. in your room yeah. with, with your fellow, um, uh, brothers and sisters in Christ yeah. and expect God to do something and listen to his spirit and all these things. So um, it absolutely, I think it's important that every worshiper gets revelation of how important their offering of worship is to the yeah. father. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so good. Every good thing in the kingdom happens out of that place of encounter and whether it's corporate or individual or as a family or whatever, it's, a, it is, is the place, right, to start and to, and to cultivate in our life. So, Mary Elizabeth, what a gift it is to have you on the podcast today. I know folks are going to want to connect with you, grab the book, also find out about the, yeah. the course and resources that go along with that as well. So where can they find you online? Yeah, well, the book's available on Amazon. Um, and uh, if you go to disciplesofworship.com, you can learn more about uh, what we're doing, our ministry, my music's on Spotify, on all you know digital platforms, and that. Um, but there's a lot of we have a online uh, digital um, an online uh, disciples of worship academy with different courses. You know, if you're ready to just to be discipled and worship, songwriting, go deeper um, in in whatever level of ministry or worship, uh, you can go on to disciplesofworship.com and and check that out. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. Well, hey, it's a joy to get to know you more. Thank you so much. And if I ever make it to Norway, I'm going to be calling you guys and camping out on your couch. So yeah, (laughs) welcome, welcome. (laughs) Thanks so much for being on the podcast. today. Thank you so much for having me, Matt. Hey, my friend, listen, I'm really excited to let you know about a special opportunity that we've not done in a long time. And it's something that I'm super excited about. It's called the Unlocking the Heart of the Artist Conference. 
You know, when I first wrote Unlocking the Heart of the Artist, it resonated with artists around the world because so many of us were dealing with uh, what I now call subconscious obstructions, these things that get lodged inside of our heart that become a barrier or a roadblock to us walking in everything that God has for us as, as artists and as kingdom people. And unless we are able to uh, cooperate with the Holy Spirit in a real intentional way and allow him to heal those parts of us, we walk in uh, places that God never intended us for walk. We walk in struggles that God had never intended us to walk in. And we never experience the victory and the breakthrough that Jesus designed for us when he died on the cross and promised us that we live an abundant life. And so the Unlocking the Heart of the Artist Conference is an opportunity to pull away and intentionally work through these issues in the context of a loving, safe Christian community with other artists and leaders who are on the same path to healing and wholeness that you are, who want to walk into everything that God has for them in the kingdom and walk out of all the things that have held them bound. If you've known me for very long, you know that healing the hearts of artists is really my passion. It's at the core of everything we're about and all the things that we do at our conferences and, and mentoring program and, and, and all the things that we're about. But this weekend in particular, if I could describe it in one word, I would say experiential. This is not going to be a typical talking heads conference. This is going to be an opportunity for you to hear incredibly anointed teaching that becomes a roadmap for you to do work right inside the conference, not only with between you and the Lord, but also with you and other folks that are around uh, tables that you can have meaningful discussions with, in addition to experiential opportunities to actually use art as a processing methodology uh, to be able to to process the things that God's uh, speaking to you, the things that you're letting go, the things that you're planting uh, in your heart. I'm also super excited to be welcoming uh, my friend Mark DeJesus, as well as my friend Dr. Darlene Mayo and others who will be with us to help facilitate uh, these healing encounters with the Lord. I'm going to be leading worship with some of my friends as well as teaching. It's going to be an experiential encounter with each other and with the Holy Spirit, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen, all the details are right here below at the link. You can just click that, find out when registration opens, uh, which is really soon, as well as uh, all the details about uh, the conference. Little bit of a note, uh, this is going to be not a weekend conference. It's actually going to be a Tuesday night, all day Wednesday and Thursday through lunch. Don't freak out. That's why God made vacation time. And so we're giving you plenty of time to go ahead and plan that out so that you can get babysitters, get off work, make travel plans, all the things you need to do to make it a priority to be here for the Unlocking the Heart of the Artist Conference. I love you, my friend. If God's pulling on your heart, tugging on your heart right now to say you need to be there, do everything you can to be with us and join us for Unlocking the Heart of the Artist coming up in November 2022. All right, see you then. Bye. Hey, thanks so much for spending a few minutes with me today on the podcast. Listen, I hope it's been a huge encouragement to you on your journey as an artist. Hey, also, before you leave, make sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any of the other episodes of the Thriving Christian Artist Podcast. And also, be sure to connect with me on Facebook, Instagram, or at my website, which is matttommymentoring.com. Until next time, remember, you were created to thrive. Bye-bye.